Open my mouth that I may bear gladly the warm truth everywhere. Uh, thank you for that hymn, brother. That's truly the uh, desire of my heart. Uh, I pray that you hear from the Lord and not from Michael this morning. Um, Michael don't have much to say, <laughs> but the Lord has a lot of things to say, things that we need to hear, if he be so kind to let us hear it. Um, thank you guys once again for your gracious hospitality that you always extend to us as we come and fellowship with you. We always look forward to our times of fellowship here. Uh, we love this church. We love your pastor. Uh, we love all of y'all. Uh, we are grateful uh, to the Lord for the ministry that comes from here. Uh, we are uh, grateful for the accommodations that you give us. It's always nice, and you always take real good care. And um, this will be the only time I get to preach, so I'm going to thank you in advance for all the food that you'll prepare for us and all that too. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for all the work that you put into this. Turn with me, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to start reading at verse 9. I'm going to read down to verse 16. Then we'll look at a few other verses as well. The Lord so directs that direction. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 9, it says, But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself judgeth no man, is judged of no man, excuse me. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Amen. You know, as we read this letter to the Corinthians, <clears throat> a letter primarily written for correction to this church. But Paul, before he even gets into the correcting aspect of this letter, he lays a foundation. If we look at the beginning of chapter 1 and chapter 2, we see an overwhelming theme. And that overwhelming theme that God is trying to present to us and to teach us is that there is something that needs to be known. The word know is found several times in these first couple of chapters. 
this seems to be the primary context as Paul opens up is that there's something that I want you to know. Matter of fact, if you look up in chapter 2 at verse 2, Paul says this. He says, For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. There's something that I want you to know. There's something that I want to share with you that I know. And brethren, I would put forth that it is something that every child of grace will know. If you look right up in the verse right above that, Paul writes, And I, brethren, when I came unto you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom. Brethren, today we see in every corner of our towns, churches with men getting up with wisdom and excellency of speech trying to persuade and woo people to Christ. I have never and we will never find one person who ever is saved because somebody woos them to Jesus Christ. People are saved not because of their knowledge, not because of their actions, not because of their belief. They are saved because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. Ye shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. Our legal salvation, and I would even say our experimental salvation, is all in the sovereign work of Christ alone. There is no conditions that we must meet. There is no conditions that we must keep. Everything is governed by and provided by, secured by the Lord Jesus Christ alone. And that is called the testimony of God. Declaring unto you the testimony of God. What is the testimony of God? Knowing nothing save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Him in His person and Him in His finished work. I think Brother Green said that last night. His obedience and His death. That is the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And any righteousness that is ours is a substitutionary righteousness that is done for us. God does not accept any righteousness from us because we have none. The flesh is just flesh and profits nothing. It does not get any better. It is not being worked over. Whenever we are quickened of God, God does not take what is there and make something better out of it. As he mentioned last night, it is a new creation. Born of God from heaven. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says the natural man was made natural. Adam, our first uh, head, he is made natural. The second man from heaven is made spiritual. We in the flesh are natural and cannot be anything more than natural. But that which is born from above that is placed within us, that is the new creation, that inner man, that is from God. It is from heaven. It is not born from here, just as Christ was not born from here. He is born from heaven. And we who are his seed, his children, his generation are born from heaven. While we take on flesh and blood here, who we are are spiritual children of the King. We are His children by the Spirit. 
And Paul says, I determined to know nothing among you save that man and him crucified. If you look over in chapter 1, verse 5, it says that in everything ye are enriched by him. You notice he didn't say enriched by me, your preacher. He didn't say enriched by the church, although both of those are important things. He said enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge. There's that word knowledge, knowing. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. I did a little digging on that word confirmed, and I'll stand corrected on this if I am uh, wrong on this, but that word confirmed means established. It doesn't mean just, okay, I see you have it. No, it isn't that I notice it in you and I see it in you and it's confirmed by your actions. No, it means that it is a, has been established in you by the Lord Jesus Christ. He has established this faith, this belief, this hope, this testimony in you, this knowledge. He goes on in verse 8, it says, Who shall confirm you unto the end? Who shall, verse 7, So that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you or establish you until the end? Why do we have perseverance? <laughs> because we are preserved. Why do we continue on like Brother Harris said last night? Is not us clinging on to Christ. It is Christ who is keeping us, who is establishing us, confirming us, keeping us in the testimony of God. That testimony that is of one mind, of one focus, and that is Christ and Him crucified. Who shall also confirm you unto the end. We are not going to fall away. This testimony is not going to go away. We hear about people talking about apostates and those who go away from the faith. They went out from us because they never was of us. Because I trust in the sovereign God of this universe who has given us promises that he would never let us fall. He has established the testimony in his people. And I put the trust in him and not in myself. We do not trust in the arm of the flesh. The flesh, again, can profit nothing. We trust in the Lord. But there are those, brethren, who don't know this. Look at verse 8. I, I tell you what, before I do that, just to go a little further in this establishment aspect, I kind of wanted to look at a couple of verses. Look with me, if you would, at Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. Again, the word behind that word confirmed in 1 Corinthians is also translated here in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 9 as established. It says, Be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace. And he contrasts that with law, not established with meats 
which have not profited them, which have occupied within, therein. We are established, brethren, in the testimony of Christ, and the testimony of Christ in his person and work results in grace. There is grace for the child of God because of the testimony of God. Look with me, if you would, at Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 7. The Bible says, verse 6, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Again, the child of grace has been established the testimony of Christ. How do you get that from there, brethren? Because the purpose of faith that has been given to the child of grace is for one thing, is to keep him looking to the Lord Jesus Christ and trusting him, trusting his word. What has he said? God is the only one who does not lie. I lie. You lie. We all lie. We all are deceivers. But yet there's only one who does not deceive and one who does not lie, and that is God. And he has given us his word and his promises. And therefore we can stand on his promises. And we are established in the faith, not only established in the doctrine faith, but established in the fact that we have been given that testimony and a hope, the hope that trusts in Christ alone. Look with me at 2 Corinthians Chapter 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21. I'm sorry, verse uh, 20. For all the promises of God in him are yea and in him amen unto the glory of God by us. Now he, who's he? The Lord Jesus Christ. Now he which establishes us with you. Now, brethren, I've heard that talked about in different ways. They said it, Paul and Timothy being established among the Corinthians, but I don't think that's what that means. I think that means that, that we, meaning us, the elect of God, now he which has established us with you, meaning not only us, but you too. All of us. I would say me and you, right? That may be the wrong grammar, but the fact is, I think this is talking about Paul saying, as the collective elect of God, he has established us in Christ. How is it the child of grace established? It is in Christ Jesus and hath anointed us is God. So we see this confirming, we see this establishing, we see this giving of knowledge comes to the child of grace. Those are the ones who know. But the ones who don't know, look in verse 8, back in our text, right above it. In verse 8, we see that there are some who do not know. Verse 8 says, Which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known... It, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. 
There are some that do not know. They don't have the testimony of God. Verse 11 says, For what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man. Brethren, we cannot know unless God establishes us in that testimony. Look in verse 14. The scriptures say, But the natural man receiveth not. Receiveth not. I hear preachers all the time that want to kind of erase some of the words in here or they want to just cut it out or they want to reinterpret it all the way around to something else. This says the natural man receiveth not. Receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Nobody can. Nobody can receive the Lord Jesus Christ. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Why does the natural man not receive the things of the Spirit of, uh, the, the Spirit of God? Because they're foolishness. It's foolishness to think, you mean that guy lived perfectly and died on a cross and that's all there is? There's nothing I need to do? Surely, preacher, there's something that I have to do. I mean, <clears throat> come on, I at least have to pray. I at least have to repent. I at least have to accept the Lord Jesus as my personal Savior. I have to be baptized, don't I, and join the church? I have to do something. I have to believe on Him, don't I? We do those things because the testimony of God has been given to us because Christ died on the cross for us, never ever to be accepted of God. We are accepted in the Beloved in Him. We never accept the Beloved. We are accepted by the Beloved. And because we are accepted by the Beloved, we believe on Him, and that belief does not merit, does not get, does not warrant, does not do anything as a condition to get God to do anything. I am not justified because I believed in Christ. I am justified because Christ, faithfulness. Yes. The faith that justifies is the faith of Jesus Christ. Yes. It's the faith of Christ that justifies us, not my faith. It's the testimony of Christ that's put in me that believes on what Christ's faithfulness did, and that faithfulness testifies that I have been justified. Yes. The reformers get that wrong. They put faith as the merit. They put faith as the hinge pin to justification. God can't justify unless you believe. Brethren, I'm telling you, if it takes my belief to justify me before a holy God, I will never be justified. I may believe, but Lord, there's a lot of unbelief. <clears throat> he says, The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. 
Why? The natural man believes that he can establish his own righteousness. There's that word again, establish. I can establish my own righteousness. I don't need to have something established for me. I've established my own righteousness. I can do the religious things that we are told to do in Christianity. But brethren, God does not look on those things. Matter of fact, if you remember the Lord Jesus, whenever he said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, who is he talking to? Those religious peoples who were doing all the religious things that they thought they were supposed to be doing. And a lot of us think that we're talking about all the culty people and all the all stuff like that. And I'm, I'm thinking this is Baptist. Thinking that through all their works of the church, all their works of belief and repenting and all these things. And again, I am not condemning those things and saying they are not important. Brethren, those come when Christ comes in you. Don't get me wrong. But they are never the point in which God does anything for us. And they cannot keep us. They cannot keep us in fellowship with the Lord because our fellowship is based upon him who will not leave me or nor forsake me. My fellowship depends upon him. There are going to be times that in my viewpoint I walk and turn away and lose sight and things like that, but he always is there with me. Matter of fact, the Bible says because he loves me, he will chasten me. It's foolishness because we think we established that righteousness, but it also says this. It's not just because we think it's foolish it's because we cannot. That is a term of ability. We cannot receive the things of the Spirit because, because, there's a reason, because they are spiritually discerned, not naturally discerned, not academically discerned. Listen, brother, I, I, I would put it to you this way. <clears throat> we don't know anything because we see it, because we hear it, because we learn it. There were people who followed after the Lord Jesus Christ who saw him, who heard him. The greatest preacher of all time who knew the material better than anybody else, he spoke it knew what each heart needed, what each brain could perceive. So he knew the right way to deliver it. But guess what? The Bible says that many heard him. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, but you believe not. Why? Why don't you believe? Because you are not my sheep. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and they, there's that word again, know me. Why do they know me? Because the testimony of God has been placed within them. They cannot know them in the natural mind. It's an inability because the things of God are spiritual. The kingdom of God are spiritual. As I mentioned a while ago, the people of God are spiritual. Have you ever wondered? The Bible says that we are not of this world, but that's all we've ever known. 
The Bible says that this is not our home, that we have another home. We are pilgrims passing through here, and we have another home. But I've never been there. But the Bible says that my residency is there. But that's because that spirit man came from there. That person that is in me came from there. That's where that came from. And that will return back to God. And brethren, listen. We are pilgrims in the flesh. Or excuse me, we are, we are here in the flesh. But our personage, who we are in the spirit, that's from heaven. We are a spiritual people. This is a spiritual gospel. And what Christ did on that cross, although it was truly a physical thing, it was a spiritual work that he did for us. Imputation is a spiritual thing. It took an active and uh, uh, physical thing to do. But brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ to be our righteousness, he had to be spiritual. Because the natural man could not do it. That's why we have to have a proxy. That's why we have to have the substitute. Because we could have never, never paid the debt. We could have never walked the walk. We still can't walk the walk even with Christ in us. We cannot walk. That's why Paul said, oh wretched man that I am. I want to do the good that I want to do, but I, every time I do it, I find that I don't do it. And whenever I don't want to do something, that's what I find that I'm doing. He said, I find then that there's a law in me that I will serve the law of sin with this flesh, but the law of God with my mind. It's a spiritual thing. But Lord is gracious to us and praise him that he that is spiritual though. He that is spiritual judgeth all things. Discerneth all things. That's what that word means. Discerneth all things. Look in verse 12. It says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit, there it is again, if you didn't believe me, and you should never believe me, look it up. Trust God's word, not mine. The spirit which is of God. Why have we been given the spirit which is of God? Not the one that we got through Adam. The spirit that is of God. That we might know. That we might know. See, we cannot know unless we have the Spirit of God. That we might know the things that are conditionally given to us. Brethren, if you preach conditions, you're not preaching the gospel. I'm sorry, I don't care how good of a person you are, how long you've been preaching. I don't care if your granny taught you that, your grandpa taught you that, good old Uncle Joe taught you that. If you preach conditions, you're not preaching the gospel. Because the testimony of Christ, the testimony of God, is things freely given to us. Free grace. 
free sanctification. We are sanctified in Christ, brethren. He is our sanctification. Not my keeping up with terms and conditions. He is my sanctification. He is my justification. And brethren, he's my glorification. The things freely given to us. My belief is belief because he has given me to believe. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. Why? Because they have been drawn of God. That coming means believe. To come to Christ, to thirst for Christ, to hunger for Christ, means to believe on Christ. And to believe on Christ, it is given unto you to believe on Him. He has granted us to believe on His name. It is a gift of God to believe. Freely given to us. <clears throat> but all this happens, brethren, because of the Spirit of God. Look at verse 10. But God hath revealed them. What things? What, what is them referring to? Well, in verse 9, he says, the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. I was speaking with one of the brothers last night. <clears throat> I think it was Brother... Uh, Willing Ham. I said, this verse here, verse 9, I've looked at that the wrong way for many years. I, I believe that I was looking at it the wrong way for many years. I used to quote that verse and say that verse, especially at funerals, that we're looking at the great yonder whenever we get to heaven. I have not seen, ear have not heard what God hath prepared for them that love him. Brethren, that's talking about present day right now. But as it is written, in Isaiah 64, by the way, as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared already, present tense, prepared for them that love him. You say, well, there you go, Pastor. There's the condition. You've got to love him. To get those things prepared, you have to love him. Wait a minute, wait a minute. The Bible says we love him because he first loved us. Again, it gets all the way back to Jesus. It all comes back to the testimony of God. It's never about human work. It's never about us. I love preachers that always... Disparage man and lift up Christ. Amen. May we always put ourselves in the dirt where we belong and place Jesus on the throne where He is. Yes. May our preaching be filled with Christ yes. and Him crucified. I have not seen nor ear have heard, neither have entered in man. Again, this is an inability. We cannot know these things, but the only ones who know them are the ones who love Him. And the only ones who love Him are the ones who God had foreknown before all eternity and set that love upon them. And He loved us with an everlasting love. And due to that everlasting love, He has shed His love abroad in our heart that we might love Him, love our brethren. And in that love, we begin to see, experience, and joy in the things freely, freely, freely given to us. 
when I go to a place and I hear pastors preaching, do this, do this, do this, do this, that does not feed the soul because I find that in my flesh there is no good and I can't do it. But whenever he says, Jesus did, Jesus did, Jesus did, that excites my soul. It gets me wound up. And that's what I want to hear. But God hath revealed them. Praise God, they've been revealed. Praise God, he didn't keep this glory to himself. He revealed them to who? Us. Who is us? The brethren, the elect, the children of God, the children of grace, the seed of Christ. God hath revealed them unto us. How? By his spirit. Brethren, if you know anything of spiritual things, of the word of God, we might have the black and white words of God right here in this King James Bible. And listen, read it every day, but unless the Spirit of God reveals these things to us, we cannot know the spiritual understanding of them. We will do exactly what Paul was talking about in these upper chapters. We will come in with the wisdom of man, the philosophy of man, and we will try to devise things. That's why we have churches with programs to do things, to get God out in the community, to do all these things to get people saved. Listen, we don't have to get people saved. God saves. Amen. Amen. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit for the Spirit. We don't know the things of God, but the Spirit does. And he searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. That tells me that the Spirit is omnipotent. It knows everything about God in all of his mind. Known unto God are all his works the end from the beginning. Everyone who he has created, everything that he has created, every action that will ever take place, Nothing is outside of his sovereign control and predestination. Amen. And chaos is not ruling, but all things are by his hand, and the Spirit knows it all. And the Bible says that he has revealed these things to us. Now, he doesn't download it all at once like a computer file. Now, if you have an old computer like some of the places that I have to go work in every now and then, those computer files may take two or three days to download, and that's kind of about how it is. Slowly but surely, the Bible uses the term growing in the grace and the knowledge. Brethren, it is revealed unto us by his Spirit. If the Spirit has revealed this to you, and you love the Lord, you have been loved by the Lord. Brother? Amen.